Hulk Shoes. Recorded live. Okay, so start over. Uh, today I uh, sent the uh, information up to the uh, Florida Secretary of State. And, uh, you know, I'm looking for a clarification with regard to uh, who is responsible for the uh, entity. Right. Uh, and we'll see. They were, seem to be receptive when I, you know, asked for information, and we'll just see what happens. Uh, and it looks like they have, they per the, the statute, you know, like 48 hours to respond. So I, I meant it very friendly and, and very... Uh, I think that's probably the best way to handle these things. Yeah, I was thinking about about that today. And I think I'm going to send my Secretary of State a notice of assignments and let them know that I assigned that legal entity to the United States. Well, wait a second. Did you record it first? Did I record what? The, The assignment? Yeah, it's a UCC filing. Oh, Okay, you didn't record it in the local county where you're in? No. No. Uh, I had heard that the, uh, like on, under federal law, they really don't pay too much attention to the UCCs. And again, I don't know necessarily what that means or not, uh, but it was important to record it in the county. This way that gives notice, I guess, where the entity resides. Is that a good way of saying it? Yeah, because that's where it does reside, in a file cabinet here in Ohio somewhere. Well, it's where it's currently residing, because if you were born in one county or one state, and you know, not you, but you know what I mean. And yeah, I'm, now, the, I'm the oddball. I'm in the same county I was born in, and I've always lived here, I've never moved. So uh, I'm like the oddball. That is odd. Isn't it? <laughs> well... I mean, it doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a bad guy, but it is no, unusual. It's most unusual. People, that's unusual. Yeah, most but people anyway. move around at some point in their life. At some point, yeah, at some point. Um, so that's, again, my understanding. So what I'm, you know, everything I've sent out has been ignored, which is, you know, I guess par for the course. So you don't take it personally, but now uh, John had mentioned this, I don't know, maybe a month ago uh, about the declaratory judgment, and I went down to the local county court, and, uh, you know, it was a good, decent experience, but you had, the, the clerk said you needed to have a case in, um, I guess, going, it, it had to be started already. And, uh, of course, my thought was, well, I'm looking not to start a case, but to resolve any misunderstandings and any presumptions and get everything clear. But um, then somebody had mentioned on the uh, Redemption by uh, Method group about uh, the... Um, I guess it was to go to the Secretary of State or something. and Well, anyway, that's what I figured. So let me try that. So we'll yeah. see what they say. I'm pretty sure, too, you can file into the county records and request that it be placed in a miscellaneous filing just for the public record. Right. That you well, don't I necessarily put, have to have a case. 
what I did was uh, when I filed the three notices, you know, there was one, the first one was done in April and the last two were do, done in June. You know, the first was notice. The second one, what do you say? Reply. The third one was default. Um, and then I really didn't know what to do. There was no response from any of them. So I sent it out to nine trustees from international down to local county. So, um, you know, there was enough spread out to have a response. Yeah. So when John had mentioned this, I guess it was about Ken W., um, I thought, well, maybe that will get a response. But this way, I think, is a little less, um, I don't know, in your face. And I didn't want it to be turned into federal. I'm, I'm, it's not because I'm not ready or comfortable with that. I just don't want to be bothered. Let's see if right. now. I guess if you throw enough stuff against the wall, uh, something's going to stick. So see, I'm trying I, to I, it. go ahead. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. So I figured the Secretary of State. Uh, I already had a little bit of a minor issue with the uh, county and the property taxes, where I had sent it to the uh, head fiduciary of the finance. And she sent it over to their uh, attorney, and I got a response of, uh, well, the statute says, and this is how we do it. It was very short. Now, I had sent over, I don't know how many pages. Uh, I usually send like 20 pages. <laughs> I, it's not that it's all written. It's, it's you know, the, the what I write is a few pages, and then it's all the backup, like 12 USC 95A that... 12 U.S.C. 342, the 12 U.S.C. 411 case law. Uh, it had to do with the, uh, the what was it, the Gardner Trust, that bank case, dealing with the property taxes, and then the 31 U.S.C. 3124. So I wanted responses to all this. And, of course, the attorney wrote back and said, Where'd you go, Tony? We lost you. Okay. Well, Tony's dropped off. Anybody else want to chat? Anyway, what I was going to say was I don't think we should be messing, per se, with federal statutes, federal law, federal code, because the federal government was created by the states, not by the people within the states. And therefore, we it's a contract that we don't have anything to do with. That's between the states and the federal government, and it doesn't touch upon us. So I don't think we should use their codes or statutes or, or in any way be concerned about uh, the federal government. Well, hopefully Tony will call back. Anybody want to chat with me in the meantime? Yeah, just a, a comment on what you just mentioned. Sure. Um, 
I totally hear about, you know, if it's if we're not a party to, you know, directly to a contract with, say, even the police department, why would I be using their code for it? I see it only as a means of if it's something that they have taken oath to or taken recognition of that they have already bonded themselves to follow, in that kind of situation it would be a matter of if I can see that it would be beneficial to me to have them follow their rules, then I would want to use that as a reference. But other than that, I agree with you. You know, if it can be proven to devolve upon you, in other words, the state has an obligation via the federal government, and the state's obligation, therefore, then falls upon the men and women in the state, then I I would agree. But how you would prove that requirement, well, you got me. Mm. That's, That's a pretty tough one that could be argued either way. Right. And you mean, uh, to clarify, you mean, like, how would I prove that um, their obligation to it? Yeah, yeah. So the state is obligated to the federal government, but whatever code or statute, you know, is at odds, an issue. Sure. And how, how do you show that that has to pass through the state and be applied to you, the man or woman, in the state? Hmm. That seems to me to be the sticky wicket. Now, I can see federal rules, federal codes applying to state citizens, you know, state persons, the people that they create with their birth certificate. But that's still not the men and women within the state. That's just the legal person that they create and that they offer us. Now, because someone offers a thing doesn't mean you have to use it. Exactly. Or that you need to use it all the time if you do accept it. You have to use it all the time? No, no, I said, uh, nor does it mean that you have to use a thing if it's been offered to you all the time. Oh, correct. You know, if I have an architect's license, that doesn't mean that I'm always operating under that license, even when I go to the grocery and go shopping. You know? It, It applies sometimes and doesn't apply other times. I see Tony called back in. Hey, Tony. Yes, my phone keeps going out, so. That's not a good thing. Well, that's all right. It's the Internet phone, so. Uh, now, is this uh, with your cable company, or are you using Skype, or what? Uh, no, it's through the cable, the uh, Internet. It's the, oh, it's the magic nice. Thing. So the it works great when the Internet's service. working. <laughs> no, it, it works great. It, that, that's the problem. It's the internet. Uh, so. Okay, so you were in the middle of talking when you dropped off and disappeared on us. Yes. So the attorney uh, wrote back. The county attorney wrote back and said, "You know, the statutes. This is where we get our authority. The statutes, and if you more or less don't pay, this is what you know. This is the statute that applies to those that don't pay." <laughs> So I have that letter ready to go out. I wanted to get the state first, then the uh, uh, county, and then I think the next one is going back to the bank and uh, the IRS. I want some clarification with the IRS. So. Yeah. 
Anyway, there's some good news. I think there was an email posted that Boris is going to be uh, divulging some new information soon. So hopefully yeah, wisdom. I'm sorry? Hopefully he has some success. Yes. Uh, but again, I kind of think this is a great question to ask. What is our duties and responsibilities to this entity? Um, right. You know, if if we need to be responsible for it, that's great. We're really performing a public service, and like any other public servant, there should be re- remuneration. Right. I prefer not to have it. I'm happy to give them everything, but uh, if not, then, you know, it's a legitimate question. You can't have it both ways. You know what would be great? If uh, somebody that has, say, a newborn child, and they get the birth certificate to mail, I don't know, a month, two months after the child's born, whatever, if they write back to the address on the envelope where it came from, and they say in the, in the letter, what are the benefits, obligations, and duties of using the legal person that you created as evidence by the copy of the enclosed certificate? And put a copy of the birth certificate in there. And see if they'll tell you. I don't think they're going to tell you because that's not what it's about. They, they're looking for people to be sureties for a situation. So, right, but but if you write to them and they won't disclose what it's for, that's evidence of fraud. Okay, if, now what? If I, if I give you something and it's all sticky and it's got all kinds of bad things that come along with it and I don't disclose that to you and then you ask me well, what, what is, why would I want this? What, is the, what are the benefits? What are the obligations and duties? And you refuse to tell me? I'm now defrauding you. I'm giving you something and refusing to disclose what it's for. Uh, yes, I, I see your point, but they do that with everything. Well, they would, but you could then take that letter and then use that as a basis, if you wanted to, for a lawsuit against the registrar. And you drag the registrar into court, and you say, you say, you sent me this. I want to know what it's for. You refuse to tell me. You work for me. Uh, wait a second. Now, doesn't that fall under 12 U.S.C. 95A2? Because anything done, well, that's anything done in good faith for this bankruptcy stuff, they can't be held liable for. But the federal government has a contract with the states that has no agreement with the people within the states. So you can't can't trespass upon a third-party contract. So that that's the agreement that the federal government has with the states that the state's legal persons will be indemnified under those um, considerations that are listed in the statutes. Mm-hmm. Well, but what does that mean for us? Are we authorized to sign that person over to the to the United States? Do we have that authority? They don't tell us a damn thing. 
Uh, no, all we are, no, we're not signing over. What we're doing is acknowledging and um, accepting what has already been done. No, I, I, like in my case, I assigned all right title and interest in the name over to the United States. Well, I, I think Remember, it's already I, been done. If you if you read that carefully, the whole thing, and John actually made this point, it's not my intelligence, because I thought, you know, on first reading it, I it, it sounds that way. And I think even Boris read it that way. But if you read the whole thing, it looks like it's, already been done and all we're trying to do is accept and acknowledge what has been done and uh, not make any claims to it and okay here it is you take care of it or just advise me what I need to do so I don't intermeddle and be a belligerent I, I get that but let me let me give you um, some background a friend of mine was just going through a divorce with his wife and he went into court and he said, I, I'm not that name. That's your name. And the judge told him, no, that's your person. What would you like to do? So Yes, but he made a claim. No, he said, it's not mine. Well, I guess well, you can look at it claim. as a claim. You can look at it as a claim. But he said, that's not my person. That's your person. And the judge said, no, it's your person. Mm -hmm. So, if it's our person, then we would have to do the assignment to the United States. Now, go back to when the IRS was coming after me, and I wrote to the governor, I sent him, uh, the governor's office, the notice of federal tax lien. Yeah. And I referenced in my letter... Uh, by the way, I've assigned all right title and interest in this person to the United States, the, the, this UCC filing. And then the IRS just went away. About six weeks later, they just dried up, went away. They stopped calling. They wouldn't return my phone calls. They stopped writing. They just went away. Okay. But I don't know, I don't know if it was because of that or if the IRS found my UCC filings, if the governor's office notified them of the filings. I, I wish I knew. Okay. So you got the federal notice of tax lien. You just simply forwarded it to the governor, and uh, you put a cover letter with it and say, I believe this is your responsibility. And that, did you re send it uh, registered mail, certified mail, or just regular no. envelope? Regular mail. Just drop it in the mail. Okay. You didn't send any anything to the IRS telling them this is this is the party you need to contact? I didn't do anything with the IRS. And, okay. and they came out to the house when nobody was there, and they left an envelope with an agent, a local agent that had been assigned. Yeah. And um, I tried to call him. I called him on Tuesday, left a message with my phone number, said, I'm calling about this matter regarding Mark Fishman, a matter that's on your desk, apparently. You stopped out at the house. Give me a call. No, no phone call. I called again Thursday. Because two days had passed, I hadn't heard from him. I called again Thursday. Left the same message. Still, no call. And that was when they stopped writing to me, saying you gotta pay, you gotta pay. All so right. I don't, I don't know if the filing had anything to do with it. If it was simply a matter of sending the letter to the governor, or hey. something else. It's you throw enough shit against the wall, something's bound to stick. 
Right. Yeah, but we got to know what which shit stuck. Uh, you want to know something? I think it really all goes by intent, and that I really believe if we're sincere with this, and I know many of us are, and we're just trying to do the right thing. Like I said before to you, Mark, and I, really the group. I mean, you think they'd be trying to kiss our ass because we're really trying to save a situation. I know. This, this country or, or corporation, this bankruptcy, and I, I I just don't understand the resistance from it. Right. Here, I I'm going to read you the letter I sent the governor's office. Across the top, in, in bold capital letters, I got notice of tax action against your property. And uh, in the from field, I got from Mark Harry of the Family Fishman to Governor John Kasich, Dear John. I'm in receipt of two letters claiming tax due against your person, Mark Harry Fishman, via two derivative names. I have enclosed the claims with this letter. I require you to settle these matters according to law. If I can be of any further assistance to you, do let me know. Oh, I didn't even mention the UCC filing, so that was it. That was that was the total scope of my letter, and I included the notice of federal tax lien with the with that letter. With the birth and, uh, can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you personally? Well, well, let me word this our, the normal way. Do you personally have any bank account in your name? No, I do not. You do not. Okay. Do you have any property in your name? I do not. I, I'm like judgment free. I've got no debts. I've got no assets. <laughs> no, that's what he discovered. <laughs> What's that? They, when they come out like that, from my past experience, they're looking for some asset in that name that they can attach or go go get. If they don't, yeah. if you don't have it, you're not employed. What I call employed, or you're not. You don't have any cash somewhere in a bank account or whatever they can get their hands on. Yeah, they do, well, they, do a, they do a review to see if they can find anything. If they can't, they just quit. Yeah, and maybe that was it. I, I don't know. I, I I can't believe, though, because they didn't stop until six weeks after the guy came out to the house, and I called him the following week. So they were still sending letters at that point. Yeah, so I, I can't understand why he wouldn't pick up the phone and call me back when they claim well, I owe him $107,000. Yeah, so what happened was you didn't have anything that they can get their hands on, so that was the key. So let me ask you something. You have a company, or the name, your name you use has a company, correct? Yeah, I have a corporation, and I do all my business through it. Okay, so you have, that corporation has a bank account, correct? Correct. So you're using that bank account to do what you need it to do for you, is that correct? Yeah, everything. And I just okay. withdraw cash and pay myself in cash. Okay. It's so your, everything it, I buy, I pay cash for. It it's it's the corporation is under the name you use. Is that correct? Yeah, it's under Out of Sight Resources Incorporated. Okay. Well, how how uh, how did they get in a, a tax bill that high? How did they do it off of something? Oh, they they did um, 2007 through 2012, so five years. And then they had penalties, fees, blah, blah. And they came up with a round sum of $107,000. Okay. 
Like, hey, that's pretty good. I wish I owed one hundred seven thousand dollars legitimately in taxes because I would have made a nice nut. <laughs> well, they had to base it off of some kind of information that indicated you had income, or that what they believed was income, or they just took it out of thin air, one or the other. No, they thin air. It doesn't matter. They, they, they filled out returns for me with numbers out of thin air. That's amazing. Well, that's pretty common, I think, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. That's it is absolutely amazing. Yeah. But you know, that's their their trick though. They want you to argue the numbers. Yeah. Instead of me too. Yeah. Am I the, am I a person obliged? How do yeah. I become a person obliged? How how is it you figure I'm a legal fiction obliged to you? Explain that to me. I got no contract with you. I got no contract with the federal government. I don't understand how I could be one named in the federal tax code. Is my name in there? Did the Congress say Mark Fishman has to pay taxes? And if they did, who gave them authority over me? I never voted for that. I never gave them authorization. All men are created equal. What the hell are you doing? I got a I got a party that got a tax bill for every year for going all the way back to nineteen ninety nine the other day. Really? You know, yeah, you know statute of limitations was had to have been excluded part of that. Yeah, they're, it was they're, doing, they're doing all kinds of things. I'm getting to hear. I I thought the statute of limitation was like seven years. Not not for something like that. It isn't? There isn't a ten year statute of limitation. I well if you haven't filed it's it's unlimited. Amazing. Well, again, even if you decide to give up your US citizenship when you leave the country, they go back uh, I think for ten years or forward for ten years, you'd not end that liability. That's how they look at it. It's it's a liability, and you know you can't blame them. Nobody's uh, you you can't get mad with them. It it is a liability. Yeah. There there there's debt obligations that people more or less have agreed to be surety for. Oh, where, 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 does, where does the government does, ever? Does the government ever show up in, at your house or send you a letter and say, "Would you agree to be surety for our debts?" No, there's a presumption under law. A presumption. Which they're allowed to do under their rules. But but the tax laws were repealed years ago, back in the 40s. Yeah, but it, it all goes by a deception. <laughs> and if you I believe it, why not? Well, yeah. true. It's all fraud. It's all, it's all well, fraud. Another big word is consent. You know, we, we don't realize where or when or how we've given consent, even on the presumptions or the Correct. consent. On the, either one on the one side we've given consent or on the other side to make it clear that we've denied any consent without full disclosure. But right. Yeah, we don't learn that until after we've been attacked. <laughs> I kind of chuckle a little, but it's not funny. No, it's not funny. The thing is, um, there has to be and I had put that in the uh, thing to the state, uh, there has to be a way to pass through the eye of the needle. Yeah. It, it may be a very small passage, but, it, you know, 
you just it it would be too um how did how did Boris say it? It would be too much of an act on of war on on a person, meaning a regular man or woman, if there was not some way to get through the situation. I mean they just can't have it closed where that's it. You have to do this. You see what I'm saying? I may not be yeah. saying it well. Yeah, well the word is consent with knowledge and they if they operate presumptively, whether you have the knowledge or not, I mean how many people know that the birth certificates were constructed when I got a copy of mine, it was registered in, in the Department of Commerce in Washington DC. How can that be? Right. Because it's their person, but they don't tell you that. Well, I didn't know that then, but I do now. And right. If it's their person and they're the owners, they're the liable. Exactly. See, that's where the problem comes in. They don't want to be liable. They want you liable, but that's only damaging the country more. Yes, it is. Yeah. So if we were able to get those, like John had suggested, if we were able to take those receipts under 12 U.S.C. 342 and bring them to the bank and then just keep, you know, depositing them, and then it reduces the national debt, and then you, you take what you, you know, then that would but be all good the, and well. But, Tony, then all the lawyers would be out of work. Oh, God, that would be depressing. That would be awful. Because now you've got all these educated people with nothing to do, and sitting around sucking their thumbs, wondering, you know, what, what do I do? Well, we, we, we do know that uh, when the Declaration of Independence was made, it was a follow-up that the Treaty of Peace by the King made all inhabitants in America free inhabitants as in likeness as he is the king, but with no subjects. And we pretty much, most of us, have come to realize that. But then they began to construct the, the reversal again, put people right back under subject citizenship. So it's amazing how long, I don't know how long, but let's say America made it for 90 till 1870, 60s, somewhere in there, as basically free people. And then they started to construct a nation of persons again, <clears throat> subject persons, and then attached everybody to it. Now, they, they did that for purposes of, uh, from all I can see in the history, to collect taxes from the persons without publicly making the claim that you are a slave to the system. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be clarifying in what I'm saying, but it, it's, from my perspective, and I'll speak for me, I come with a covenant with God, and it's in Christ Jesus, but, but uh, how many people understand what I just said? I don't know. Um, America was founded on that covenant. That's what the Declaration of Independence was based on. And the Bible was the root basis of American society at that time. The, the colonies were built on the Bible. And most of the Americans that came here from the foreign countries and Central Europe came here as, as Christians, believers, because of persecution that was going on at that time in those countries. So I believe in God's providence, built a nation of free people under with liberty. That's why that's words are used. It's out of the Bible people of liberty because of the covenant with God, but how to maintain that and live that today in a reversal of almost like a total reversal back into slavery again. 
amazing. Amazing when you start to see a, a broader picture. Yeah. You almost say, okay, God, I mean, I, it's pretty obvious what's happened here. I, what do I do? What do we do now? <laughs> because the intrusion is becoming larger all the time. If it isn't a state, it's a city. If it isn't a city, it's a county. If it isn't a county, it's a some other corporate operation. Or if it isn't the state. You know, m- most Americans today don't realize, for example, I'm in California, but California has two constitutions, but every state, every state does too. One's a republic and one's a corporation. Yeah, our, our our California flag says California Republic, but it's kind of dormant because the state of California has layered over it uh, with a state of persons. But, the state of persons. But that's okay because anyone that claims to be a United States citizen then is is claiming a federal domicile, and they're a federal citizen subject to the federal law. So the federal government can go after its persons wherever they happen to be. Yeah, if if you're a United States citizen, which if most Americans are really not. No, but, they, but if you get a driver license, they ask you, are you a U.S. citizen? Yeah, and if you say yes, and you don't get a definition of what that is, yeah. you don't know what you're doing. Those are the hooks. Those yes, are, but it's not... Um, I'm sorry, but is not the person you use a U.S. citizen? I mean, if it yes. was created within the uh, United States? Yes. Yes. Exactly. But no, does, that make you, does that make you a U.S. citizen? No. No. As, it makes the getting, entity I use a U.S. citizen. Now, when you no. get a driver's license, do they say, is Mark Harry Fishman a U.S. citizen? Or do they say, are you a U.S. citizen? Well, it depends your definition of you. you Well, that's that's the question that they ask. Are you a United States citizen? That's the question. Correct. That's correct. Most Americans are not. They don't know it, but they're not. Back in 2012, my license expired, and I went to the uh, DMV to renew it, and the gal asked me that. She said, are you a United States citizen? And I said, well... That depends. Define the United States. She couldn't do it. She got a supervisor. She wouldn't do it. And I said, well, without a definition, how can I answer the question if you can't even define the question for me? And they said, well, that's, we're just asking that question, and you have to answer yes if you want a license. And I said, but, but I, you, you're not telling me anything. I don't know what I'm saying yes or no to. And they would not say. They would not define it. Okay, so what did you do? Did you get the license or not? No, I didn't. I've been driving around without a license since then. Yeah. Okay. Understood. So it's really, it's odd, you know? It's such a deceptive scheme. Well, they created what I call, for lack of a better description, commercial Babylon and layered it on, layered it on the free people, the American people. Because I, I told my brother at one time, I said, you went to school, I couldn't even tell me about this. When I've grown up behind you, and he says, oh, you went to the same school I went to. So you, you just don't, they don't teach you. I was taught fairly well in sentence structures, but I've also learned sense in English. I've also learned now that their words in commerce 
you can use the same word in commerce in their corridor in their venue. It means totally different in your private venue. So the common exactly. language, common language people use, they hear it said in a courtroom or in some conflict issue with the commercial system. They're thinking it means one thing, but the the government's using the word the same thing with a definition in their books that says just the opposite. That's exactly. How people are trapped into that system without realizing what they've done. So yeah, that, re- that reminds me of a great story that uh, somebody conveyed via email, either RBM, not a citizen, it was one of the groups. They said a guy was, was in the court on a, a traffic violation. And when they called his case, he went up there and he says to the judge, I, I don't understand legalese. I'll need an interpreter. And the judge tried to proceed and said, well, are you so-and-so? And he stood quiet. And the judge asked again, and he stood quiet. And the judge asked a third time and said, I'm going to issue a bench warrant for him. He said, I, I, I don't think you understand. I just explained to you I don't speak legalese. I don't understand. And then the, the prosecutor piped in and started talking. And the judge looked at him and said, well, what do you have to say? And he said, what? I didn't understand a word she said. Yeah. And they ended up throwing out the case. Another, another thing on the degree of the case, but another example I had was uh, uh, to ask the judge for a definition on the record. And certainly they won't do it. Well, that's okay, because then you say, all right, well, so I guess this uh, matter is tabled until such time as you'll define the, the damn words you're using. Uh, well, that's correct. Uh, I don't consent. I don't consent to this proceed blindly. I went to court a number of years ago in a tax case, and, and I held my Bible up. So I just stated the only covenant I have is the Word of God and the covenant is sealed on, in the blood of Jesus, and that made them all nervous, apparently. I I didn't. I didn't plan on doing that. I just happened to have it with me. You yes, know, the Lord will do that. But anyway, I said there's no contracts on the record that has any dealings with me. If there is any, they're void on their face for lack of full disclosure. And nevertheless, if there is a contract, put it on the record. And let me look at it. At this stage, if there is none, and I deny any activity involved with this. The judge got up, and ran out, said, "I got to go upstairs and deal deal with some things." Came back. This was a. They were claiming I would, I don't know, to $300,000, and which is pulled out of thin air. This was seven, eight years ago. And the, the uh, judge came back and said, this case is dismissed. I didn't, he, didn't even say, he didn't even say why. Well, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't submit to their law. So, so I went back and this is just thinking, well, I think I'll go back. And, and of course, I filed some things into the record. Uh, Along with that request, except I didn't use my Bible. I did that verbally in the court. This is the only law I live by. And all the other laws are unclarified. If there is anything, put it on the record so I know. And anyway, they dismissed it. And I went back a few months later to uh, to uh, see what was still in the record. And the Department of Justice had pulled the files completely. Said the, the, the case had been withdrawn. I didn't know they could do that, but they did. So there's all kinds of things that's going on in, in this arena. But when the people don't know what's being done to them, which I didn't, most of us don't, we're learning, certainly. 
but they they don't live in law. They live in color of law. They operate outside the law. That's why they're called legal instead of lawful. The same words. You're using words that people haven't studied and they don't teach you in school. What's the difference between lawful and legal? Big, huge. Right. I break the law every day. Well, no, I break the legal rules every day. I, I, mean, I don't break. I don't break the law. I don't break God's law. No, you don't. Well, you you might you might on occasion break the law, but because of the life and the covenant with the blood of Jesus, you're you're cleansed from that. And I agree with that. I mean, but the only perfect one was Jesus. That's why we had to have Him to bring us into perfection. But if we miss something or make a mistake, God doesn't hold us accountable for that. He's forgiven us. So we don't no, have to, we don't have a heart to do that wrong either. That uh, follows along with a conversation that was in the Not a Citizen group today about yeah. uh, Jesus and money. Did Jesus yeah. ever use money? Well, there aren't any stories about him using money, charging money, taking money, spending money. There's just the one story about him and Paul, and Paul saying that uh, he pays taxes and him having to go get the coin from the fish's mouth. Yeah, it was Peter, not Paul. But yeah, he, or Peter, yeah. What, what, there's two other things. I didn't say anything in that. I was watching that. But it uh, it wasn't really a tax like we're talking about. That was poll tax, head tax. And those head taxes were only on foreigners, not on the citizens, not on the people who were sons of the of the nation. Exactly. So it's a total, it's like apples and oranges. Uh, between what we're dealing with today, we don't have poll taxes, but they're almost they're almost the same thing because they're they put it on the head of a person, but you're not that person, and then they right. trick you into consenting to be that person by presumption because people don't know they've been done that way. Right. And it's a it's a word game. It's like uh, almost like they're sorcerers. I don't like to use words to, to accuse, but it, Sorcery really has to do with the twisting of words. Yeah, it's it's a form of spellcasting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, but but we're learning, aren't we, brothers? I mean, I I tell you, what a world we're living in today. Oh, you know what? Though it's an exciting time to be alive. It because is. you know, my parents didn't know any of this. They didn't have a clue. They just went along with whatever they were told and said, "Okay, I got to pay taxes. I'll pay taxes." And they grumble about it. Well, we would too. We would too, except they carried it as it's, it's like an inch by inch. As I said, they they just keep nibbling away to such a degree now that all Americans are back to being subject citizens under the thumb of a, a rule of dictatorship, essentially, or a law form that dictates. And who, who among us can know all the laws? It's impossible. They're legal laws. They're legalism. Well, right. Exactly. And no, and nobody gets paid anything. Federal Reserve notes have no value. They're they're IOUs. So how can I pay a debt by giving you someone else's debt? You can't. I can't. No. That well, doesn't see, that's negate the, the debt. Well, but you see, they do have value to someone because yeah. all no, the they, property has a lien on it. So it, it's to the majority. It doesn't have value, but for a few, it does have value. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, I, so I, what I'm looking at and watching and listening to blogs and, and doing my study is for the true heart, like I heard uh, 
uh, Tony was saying, to do the right thing, to do the procedures that are correct, uh, we, we have no reason to be at, at war with anybody. Uh, you know, our, our, our paradigm of living is to love people, to forgive people. Uh, I'm not so sure about the forgiveness to persons, because who's behind that? I'm not, I'm beginning to think it's just, <laughs> I won't say on the <laughs> just not of the right spirit. Let's put it that way. And, and properly applied, if it was properly applied, and that's our desire, I, I don't mind anything if it's open in the board, above board, and clearly defined. That's what God's big contracts are. If if there's a contract made, and that's the, that's what this is all about, then there should be clear, defined terms of the contract. When the when the contract terms are hidden in a book of law, I mean, there's only I don't know how many thousands of code statutes rules, and you sign a piece of paper that says you've made a contract with the United States, but when you do that, the United States has a whole bunch of contracts behind that one that you just attached yourself to. That's not full disclosure. No. And, and it would be considered broad in any terms of consideration. So, no, nobody gets full disclosure. No. So how can you live in a world... Our, our nation was not based on that originally. It was based on... No, the, no this is the lawyer's twisting. This is why lawyers were not originally allowed in government. Remember the 13th yeah. Amendment to the Constitution, the one that disappeared even though it had been ratified? Yeah, I know of about they, 60 years where that was totally true. They couldn't, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Lawyers aren't allowed in government. Why? Because you twist words and you screw people. Well, what are they doing? They're in government, they're twisting words, and they're screwing people. That's what lawyers do. Well, they look you right in the eye, and they they can say to you, uh, they use a word, and they can say to you, yes, that word is what it says, and yeah, that's correct. But they don't, and they know that they're using a word that you see as a different meaning, but they won't disclose that. So they get you to agree the same word. They're the lawyers. They're supposed to know everything, right? And they just right. agree to that word, but it actually ensnares or entraps you. That's why Jesus called to use the word, what are you lawyers, for the people desire to enter into the truth and you prevent. Yeah, but people are not catching on. Because if you're in court and the judge enters a plea for you, obviously he can't do that for you, so he must be doing it for some other entity that isn't yours. Or if he assigns, he assigns a public defender and tells you, you're going to have this public defender, he's going to represent you or she's going to represent you. They, they can't do that to a man, but they can do that to their property. They can do it to a person because... Exactly, uh, they, their property. They're the, yeah, they're the trustees for it, so they can do... Right. So if they get you to consent along... along you notice, I notice if you've ever gone to court, just observe... You know, in every case I know of, they're always focusing on using any kind of way to to intimidate you into consent. Right. And once a guy's consented, he's he's hooked. And and the the consent is like I think it goes back to the scriptures: to to whom you who you yield your members to, to him you must obey. So if you consent to yield your body and your life, you as a real man, to that entity, 
or that man representing an entity, then you've consented to a paradigm that's just one big mess of trickery, deceit. I mean, on the surface, it looks like it's okay, but and bees, from all I can gather, they know what they're doing. But sadly, the the the, the one they're supposed to be protecting, the real man, are they? I mean, I, I only I'm, I'm going to say I'm in the form of a question. Are they really protecting what they swore on oath to do when they came into office? But the judge, like you explained, if my understanding is correct, the judge, the attorneys, the prosecutors, they're all trustees to those entities. And they're supposed to have, from what I, I've always been told, the oath of office. Now, that's something I've never really checked to see. But that oath of office says that they're there to protect the people. Well, the word people is different than persons. They're not there to protect the persons. They're there to prosecute the persons for money. So they can escape their oath by just saying, we're not prosecuting per people, we're prosecuting persons. But they won't say it openly in court. Amazing. I'm just commenting for, for getting it to get input. My my desire is is to listen to what you guys are saying and the steps you're taking, and I appreciate uh, how understood it was Tony was was sending to the governor, and that's good good information. Good good. That's good because we have one heart. That's to do the right thing. I don't. I, as a general rule, most people, they want to do the right thing. Like you said, our parents did the right thing by just saying, okay, that's what we need, let's do it. Not yeah. realizing they were being entrapped. Right. Or take the birth certificate issue where you think, you know, I have children and I never realized that I was signing a document or my wife was signing a document that made, with a with a doctor that made a witness document that they could take and convert to a person and then whatever I understand of their doing is monetizing it. They must have done that because on mine it shows it very clearly uh, in Washington, D.C. in the Department of Commerce. What's it doing there? Department yeah. of Commerce? What's a birth certificate doing in the Department of Commerce? <laughs> It's funding the internal currency of the United States federal government, which is Federal Reserve notes that everybody trades. That's an internal currency. Yeah. But we're all looking for uh, what's supposed to be given to us, appropriate remedy to live a peaceful life and be productive share that productivity with our fellow man is in an honest format. I, I'm, I've been observing and looking to learn if, in fact, we can do a reversionary like Tim and, and our folks of Boris has got some new stuff. That would be great. But, um, I don't know anybody I've had any fellowship with that would has any desire to do anything wrong. They don't they just well, men, men don't need laws. We we absolutely do not need laws. We know right from wrong. Sure. We know that if we're taking something from somebody else that we're doing wrong. Sure. We're not idiots. 
But if, if Tony has some more explanation of what he, he did with the governor and then some other results, that would be good, or anybody else. But I'm, I'm, it's one thing to have a little bit of knowledge of the system and what they've done, but it's quite another to say, okay, how do I walk this, walk this walk out in a manner that's proper, appropriate, with remedy and results that keep you free, keep you productive. Right. So anybody that has input, I'm open to listen. And by the way, it's not easy to go listen to. I mean, I've tried to be careful about that too, but oftentimes Boris and Jim are explaining what they've, they're in their I am, I am some dude. Who, um, and the interruptions are such it's hard to follow. But so I've tried to, I'll hush, I'm not interrupting. But I just lo- would love to have hands on procedural steps, paperwork that people have done that uh, is appropriate. Yeah, it would be nice. Well, I told you what happened with me and the IRS, whether that's because I don't have anything for them to go after, whether it's because my letter to the governor worked, whether it's because I found my UCC filings. I, I wish I knew. I wish well, I could I- I would say your governor's letter had some impact. I would think so, because it certainly brings to their attention that I know it's their property. Yeah. And that I I put in there, I require you to settle this matter according to law. So that's quite a bold statement from one man to another. When I require you to do something, you're instructing your public servant to serve you. Well, I'm, I'm... Assuming here without certainty, but I, I'm assuming, Mark, you, your your website, uh, not a citizen. You've got some really good good examples and stuff there, and I, you know, I highly give high regards and appreciate it. And I know, oh, yeah. was one, I know, at one time, uh, I think Collenbach, can't remember his first name. Oh, Kurt Collenbach. Kurt, yeah, had a book called uh, Withdrawal of Consent, and I don't know, I haven't heard. Where he stands right now with that, but I think his principles were right. I mean, uh, if you're giving consent without full disclosure, and then you discover that you consented to something you would have never consented to if you knew the whole story to start with, uh, like you said earlier, that's fraud. Yes, that is fraud. The whole the whole thing is premised on fraud. All the the lawyer's work is premised on fraud. Wow. We're going to redefine words, and we're not going to tell you what they mean. We're going to presume that you're surety for a person that we created and that we own and that you volunteered to do that. Those are all false presumptions, all based in fraud. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And looking for remedy and, and the best we can do when, you, when you've when got, a, you know, I don't know, 100 million laws, codes, regulations, I'm I'm over exaggerating, but there it seems like it. The pages and pages. I mean, I think the Obamacare bill alone for health. <coughs> I forget how many thousand, hundred. It's all written out, 160,000 pages of uh, explanations and rules to to apply it. Who who any of us can even understand 
even begin to understand that. No, but what's very interesting, I found in the Supreme Court decision when the first time around on Obamacare, they right. said they said it doesn't apply to uh, individuals. In other words, you can't force an individual to go buy a product, even when you call it a tax. Yeah. Well, if you, if my studies with people like uh, like Ed Rivera, some of you probably have heard of him, but he, oh yeah. Between being living on the land within the United States and not living as a, because the United States, it's like there's a level of air, land, and sea. The air, the law of the air, law of the land, law of the sea. And the law of the sea has been brought onto the land by a combination of the air because we've got equity, mixture of equity law and equity law to trick people to become attached to their person which that person is a United States citizen. It's, it's so convoluted that the average guy would never know what to do. He'd say, well, this is just too complex. Just leave me alone. Right. <laughs> and that's where most people are. They, you know, uh, thank God for the grace that he gives to protect us in the midst of all this stuff. But, uh, but I, I'm looking for... Uh, and I know there are people that have done it to establish their their standing or status correctly and live accordingly. Uh, right. But how how do you separate from the commercial world if if their money is commercial, their banks are commercial, their if you try to do anything to serve other people without they they. They do. They take the presumptive position you're operating at commercial when you're not. It's, ex- it's extremely difficult to do. You would have to barter. You'd have to barter with everybody for everything. It's amazing. Well, that was never supposed to be the America that was in the original documents of our. our no. Nation. No. So it's I, the bankers and the, and the lawyers working together to ensnare everybody. I saw a post where uh, John was suggesting to sign on to the Declaration of Independence. I wrote a comment on that in the blog, but sign on to the Declaration of Independence, which the, who was doing it? One of the government departments was doing it. I didn't look at it that close because I didn't do it, but. But I, and I have no problem with the Declaration of... I call it the Declaration of Dependence because those men that signed that uh, and the people involved supporting that, from all I can understand, were looking to the dependence of God to stop the intrusion, the commercial intrusion of the British crown on the American people. It just becomes... Well, are we right back where we were then, or where they were then, or, or not? I don't know. And, and read the last sentence of the Declaration of Independence. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honors. Right. In other words, they, they threw everything in the common pot, all pledged to one another, to, well, to work right, together. They understood God owns it all to start with, and whatever yeah, they had was exactly. a gift from the Lord. It was a exactly. gift from God, and the nation itself, they knew, was a gift from God. Exactly. 
they had, their colonies were established based on the biblical principles, and the, the Bible was a school book, if you will, for the children. Well, it says in there, uh, my, my buddy and I were counting. I counted the 26, he counted the 28. Various phrases that basically say God owns the earth and everything in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it ain't my property or your property, how could either one of us claim it's our property and then charge the other money for it? Well, we can't, except by mutual understanding with a clear and, and concise agreement between two people that's honest and with and just. But then you, you would have to say, I'm going to sell you not my property. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't do that. That's fraud. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'd have to say that this. we all recognize this is God's property, and this is a piece of land that I live on that I have developed as unto the Lord, and, and what that, that development is, is, is for sale to you or in contract. No, no, not for sale. I'll trade it. I'll trade, I'll trade it, it to you. Trade. Okay, okay, trade whatever property you want. You want Federal Reserve notes, then trade them. Yeah. But we but shouldn't I, be buying and selling anything, and people don't even think of that. Well, I didn't, didn't earn my labor. I didn't um, earn a, a wage. I didn't have income. I traded my labor for Federal Reserve notes. It's an equal exchange. I don't know who, who Truth Black is, but on the on the log here it says, "How uh, I found freedom in, a, in an unfree world" by Harry Brown, Part One. I don't know what that is, but listen, our freedom comes from the Lord. We all, all most of us who have any concept of the Word of God, know that. But how to, right. how to live it, how to live it out, and live in an attitude of love towards others and and forgiveness towards others who don't know. You know. Uh, which is challenging. And then you have a world worldly system that's trying to make a one world system to enforce on people. It's a compl- it, it is complex, but yet it can be simple with with a heart of trust towards God. That's you know, He rules. Yeah, people, don't know that, people don't know that God created all things, He sustains all things, you know. It's kinda like I had a guy take your body's made of trillions of cells. Science has proven that since they've got these electron microscopes. Trillions, trillions of cells. And they heard a guy not too long ago say, scientist guy, say you're, it's estimated your brain has 50 billion cells. Well, what man had anything to do with one cell? Right. That ought to wake people up and say, well, who created that? Well, we already know. Not only did he create it, he sustains it. The only thing that's poison right. thing is, is man. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you read the biblical stories, you understand that there were beings that were existed before man was created. But that's another whole different dialogue. And, but anyway, oh, yeah. I, I, my heart is to just can we together arrive at a procedural step that is the right way to address the ever increasing intrusion of a corporatized world that wants to use that to dictate to our actually impose contradictions to the, the the law of life. Well, it's really simple. They're imposing their will upon you. That's well that's exactly that's, right. That's all it is. They're just imposing their will upon you. So well, I, would I, don't, agree I don't want to be imposed on. I do want to tell tell you that your website, Not a Citizen, is very well done and I, I appreciate the contradiction 
contributions of those who have put stuff on there. And that one, it's a little tough to follow. It takes some real thinking. And is I am some dude dot com. That's yeah. even and, and others that are working to take the biblical route and the route of truth and right rightness. And then trust the Lord, because when it's all said and done, <laughs> you can't That's escape. All, the it's all you got to fall back on, man. Sure, you can't escape the presence of Almighty God. He is the I am, I am. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But anyway, uh, if there's a some written, I, I appreciate Tony. I wish you'd come back and explain a little more of what he did. But uh, if he's still on, is he still on? Um, well, let me suggest yeah. this to you. I'm back. Oh, okay. Um. What you have to do is, and, and really this was said to me a long time ago, is when people send things into that email, there's always some good stuff. Most of it's pretty good. Yeah. You have to see what resonates with you. Uh-huh. So, for instance, I I understand you know your belief system, and I have one similar to that. I just believe it goes by intent. Yes. So... We're going to this through peace. We're trying to be helpful. Yes, we're going to get something out of it, but that can't be our goal. The goal is, is to give, then you, in theory, should receive. Sure, but the, I agree the, with that. the thing is, is to give. Right. So if you're, you're, you're doing that, and in these papers I'm sending, I'm saying, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember my exact words. I have to think, I write better than I speak. I'm saying I'm doing this, in essence, for the beneficiary. Can you agree, whoever this fiduciary is, with me that we're, you know, we want to help the United States? Well, what right. are they going to say? No, screw you. I'm, screw the United no. States. It's about me profiting. Of course not. So that's where you have to start with this. And again, John usually leaves some good stuff. I don't know where he gets all this stuff, like the thing from Ken W. When I read yeah. that, I thought declaratory judgment. So I ran down to the county court thing and I started asking questions. And, you know, then I realized, well, then somebody wrote in the redemption by method that maybe administrative hearing would be the way to go because that, first of all, I wouldn't have to pay for that. And then I kept looking for ombudsman and the state and that all worked out very well. So... We'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe maybe a place to turn is back to the registrar and or the probate courts and tell them, I require an administrative hearing. What's the procedure to set that up? Uh, I have thought, Mark, about going to the probate court down here. Um but then I thought, well, maybe that's narrowing the situation. So that's why I wanted to do the general. And then, because I hear, I don't know how it works in other areas. If you put a case in, I have, obviously it goes by who's up next, what judge is up next. They see what type of case. So with the probate, and I had called probate, um, they said, no, you have to get, if I wanted to do ex parte, it, it the attorney, and it was like, oh, God, no, 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 I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, but you, you, didn't, 
you didn't ask about an administrative hearing. You were asking about a case. Uh, I forgot how I put it, but it, I wanted it in the private. So I guess, yeah, you could be correct on that. I didn't say it. they could have presumed it was a case. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything about public or private. I would simply say I require an administrative hearing. What's the okay. procedure? All right, that could be another step I take. And just just that, that one, the two sentences. And see what they say. It can't hurt. That's right. I'm not breaking any laws. I'm trying no, to you're not, not hurting anybody by asking them one question. Hmm? What's the procedure? Well... We'll see. Anybody else on the call? Yeah, we got a couple other people dialed in. I don't know if anybody wants to talk. Anybody want to talk? Ideas Unlimited, West Iowa. That, that's me. <laughs> uh, okay, Walking Truth. I guess nobody else wants to talk. Well, they're, they're listening to learn, but then that's what I've done a lot of too. I just listen, but uh, we're at a crossroads in America, I believe, in big, in big time. But it's good. I like somebody. I think maybe it was you, Mark. We're living in the greatest times of in one sense of mankind. But oh yeah, it's a great awakening, man. Yeah, there's a great awakening going on. I agree with that. People are finally asking questions, going, hey, hey, how does this concern me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like Carl Lentz. I love him. He doesn't always give you all the details because he wants you to ferret some of that out yourself. But right. I, I just love what I've learned from him. And just remember, you're a man or a woman. And we're all created equal. So nobody can make rules and force them on you. They can ask you if you follow them, but they can't force them on you. We're all under nature's law. You attack me, I'm going to attack back. If you you break my stuff, well, you either pay for it or I'm going to break your stuff. Or I'm going to take your stuff and sell it to fix my stuff. Well, the the world we live in is is a, when you think of it, in general, it's it's just a massive mix of complex, just like the cells of your body. I mean, man had nothing to do with creating that. We didn't, on the road of discovery of how it all functions, and man has learned how to fix sometimes bodies that are out of sorts or out of sync. We call them doctors. But, but the truth is, uh, probably the last hundred years or a little over, has been the greatest increase of knowledge of the of the world we live in with new technology. I mean, after all, we didn't, 120 years ago, give or take, there was no flying airplanes. Uh, no. Nope. Radios, radios and televisions and cell phones and gadgets. Uh, <laughs> almost everybody's driving down the road or in the house or hardly even talking to each other because they got a gadget in their hand. It's amazing where we are. 
all it these is. things ha- has a tendency to get us out of focus from the real source, which is our Creator and is the reality of His presence, His omnipresence. When we breathe air, man had nothing to do with creating the air, but we breathe it with almost no thought. Man didn't create his own body. Yeah, or you try you travel outside outside of the space into the space and you try to talk to somebody out in space, if there's no air between you, you're not gonna hear a thing nor is your voice gonna sound. Right. It takes the air to travel to convey the vibrations of your voice to the eardrum of somebody you're speaking to. Who created that? Well, we don't even create we don't even create the food that we use to sustain the bodies that we didn't create. No. It's all it's all the creators. This is this uh, this uh, hologram that we live in, or what, holographic reality, or whatever you want to call it. It's all mm-hmm. created by by God or Allah or Big Bob in the sky, fun. whatever you want to yeah. call him. Yeah. But it's it's not our doing. Yeah, we. we it's for us to we were, experience what it's like to be not in the Garden of Eden. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I want to bring up a point about Carl uh, Lentz, if I may. Sure. Um, what happened under the uh, uh, subject matter, declaratory judgment in the court, uh, I had, uh, John had, or I said something about, here is a question, and I just found this now in the email. If you put a man, uh-oh, if you put a man, Carl Lentz, a grief party, etc., does this not provide jurisdiction for the court automatically when you're using state property? Or because he puts a man before the fiction, it changes around. Then he signs using the fiction. And then you responded, Mark, that's where confusion may enter the picture. The state having a person by the same name as that on the paper filed into court. It leaves things open to presumption. Again, that's why I would write, I, a man known as Mark Harry of the family Fishman, were it me. So then John, and then what happened, Carl had this case and it got dismissed and whatever. And then John comments, and that is probably why all the judges' orders say Carl Rudolph Lentz, plaintiff versus Department of Human Resources defendant. The judge may see a man who is still confused as to who he is and what he is not. See attached recommendation of the magistrate judge, which of course John attached. I don't know how he gets all this stuff. The defendant filed a motion to dismiss and they have it shown as uh, Carl Lentz plaintiff versus Department of Human Resources defendant. Notice how the judge and defendant are not recognizing the man but only the artificial legal person. So, again, it's not because Carl has some good stuff. There's no question. But, again, he uses that legal entity name, and that's falling into the jurisdiction thereof. No, that's falling into their presumption as to jurisdiction. Well, it also got his case dismissed. That's correct. I know. I know, because so. they could then say, we presume you're referring to the legal person owned by the state. Yeah. When I filed with the uh, Secretary of State today, I put, um, not plaintiff, but petitioner, uh, 
you know, the name, the first name only. And then uh, it was in regard to who was the defendant was the full legal name plus the state of uh, birth, then the uh, county, because that's receiving benefits, the state of Florida, that's receiving benefits from that legal person. And then in the cover letter, I put, uh, again, I did my best with this. Well, actually, let me pull it up. I'll tell you what exactly I wrote. Um, Can I tell you how I'd style that? I, I wouldn't use plaintiff. Not because, I said petitioner. Or I wouldn't use petitioner, petitioner either. I wouldn't use that either. Because a petitioner well, is asking the court to do something for them, and the court can say no. If well, wait a minute. Come this in, is not court. This is not court. This is with the state, the Secretary of State. But this is how I put it, because I had to put, like, something, because um, – hold on. Is my understanding – let me see. Just a second. Um, on January – money attached is in the form of a demand. Uh, I trust the one here. Resolve, presumption, eliminated. I have asked that the matter be handled in the private for obvious reasons. Again, as uh, my sincere intent is to provide aid and support to the United States for its safe harbor and free passage. I do understand your department must interact with persons. However, as a private man who has requested this matter to be reviewed, clarified, and resolved in the private, I trust your department can provide relief required based upon the attached in its current form. So what I, again, because we can play volleyball with this. I mean, if I do it, legal person, blah, 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 then that that's falling in. So at least I put something in there. Again, whether they do it or not, who knows? You see what I'm saying? But I try to explain that I have really no way to chat with you the way I want, so I have to do it this way. I trust you can handle it and do the right thing, in essence, what I'm trying to say. This is not court now. Okay. So we'll see what happens. It may be ignored. It may not be. Yeah, I hope you get good results. Well, again, I, I'm not going to hold my breath. If it gets ignored, I'll send information that, you know, I wish you wouldn't ignore it, but okay. Just keep it on the side. Deal with the county attorney. That gets ignored. Keep it on the side. You know, all this stuff is going notarized. It's being notarized as rec I'm recognized as the man, as the user of that account. Right. That's how I'm doing this. So, again, it can't be perfect, Mark, because I, I realize there's no way. That it's a circle. Like You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. There's no way around it. So it has to go by intent. My intent is this. Yeah. Well, this is a big national secret because the world would really have troubles if everybody knew they could get away with whatever they wanted, short of harming anyone, and they wouldn't have to go to work and all their their food needs would be met and their shelter and blah, blah. To serve others. But, the work would be called serving others. and you, You'd be productive, but not for the purpose of anything but no no see that's where i disagree some people would voluntarily get up out of bed every day and go do something to help the world some right. people 
But some people are of the mentality they don't have to do unless they unless someone forces them to do. So they're going to lay in bed all day, watch cable TV, eat steaks, and not do a damn thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark, I would almost agree with that because you have to remember what the welfare state has brought in. Just that, that what you just described. That's, that's exactly. But in what a I'm new world, at. in a new world. You know, people are going to say, gee, there's a purpose to life. You know, I got to get up off my ass. I got to do something. I just can't pop a Prozac and, you know, figure out what I'm going to do with my day because I know people like that. Um, And that's the challenge, getting to that from where we are. I don't think it's as much of a challenge once we get over a certain level. You have to, it's like saying I'm not the name. It's a difficult thing at first because what have I been told? I am the name. So what do I believe? I am that name. And now I think at least on the most part I'm over that hump. With people in this issue of working and society, if you can get over a certain hump that says, gee, if my needs are meant, why not contribute something? I mean, everybody has something to contribute. Right. Always. I don't care what it is. In a small way, somebody always has something to contribute because that's part of the divine plan that we help each other in some form. Right. So, on the other side of that, when you're dealing with people who are supposedly under oath to serve the people who make mistakes, but they don't want to correct their mistakes and they leave the people... Like uh, Mark was explaining, he had a hundred and seven thousand dollar, whatever it was, tax, tax bill out of nowhere, or or used in some structural. Somebody created a tax bill or a series of tax bills. That thank thank goodness you were able to, by the grace of God or whatever, get that at least cleared up at that time. Uh, but how do you get those of us who want to live appropriately? to be a blessing and to take the gifts and talents that we have and, and to contribute to the community, which I'm sure all of us on this phone pretty much have or do. But then you have mistakes made by people under oath who are trustees to do the right thing are supposed to know the law, their law. They both to obey. And you can't get anything corrected by just simple straight up, hey, I don't know that. Where'd you come up with those figures? I mean, how do we resolve this? Because that, this is interfering with my ability to even be productive. Right. And, get, and then you get a, a blank stare or a no, no response because the collectors are only after one thing. They're just they're on the end of the line. They've been assigned the collection side. They could care less whether the parties who made the original bills were just or right or, or created them correctly. They're just hired on the end to be the collector. Right. Well, I, hey, hey. hey. Hey guys, JB has a JB wants to ask a question. Okay, go ahead, JB. Hey guys, I've been uh, listening. I got on just a few minutes late, but uh, I have a question that's away from this. You know, about uh, a month ago, Mark, you and I were talking, and I filed a lens-like claim, for lack of a better, you know, description of it, into the um, lower court to try to have a claim running parallel to my foreclosure case. Right. I'm checking. And there's no record of it filed in their records. Now, the fact that it's a claim, maybe it didn't show up in their 
records where they only put complaints in. I don't know. They did take it. The girl, the, the manager there said, you know, we'll take it and file it. And, um, but that's about it. And I, you know, I can go online and look up any traffic case or any uh, foreclosure case. All the cases that have been against me for ever since I lived in Florida, they're all there, open or closed, except my claim's not there. And um, I just wonder if you have any recommendations on what to do when I go down there, hopefully tomorrow, to talk to somebody live. Yeah. Well, have you served the party that you're going after? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you go down to court and you say, I filed this claim. I've served notice upon the, the party names. When's my court date? I haven't heard anything from you. Yeah, but I'm saying the case, the case is not even in their records. It, does, it doesn't matter. Okay. First, I, would ha- I would ask them first, when is my court date? And make them go look it up. Okay. And tell you. And if they come back and give you a date, then note it and say, that's great. Now, how come this doesn't show up in the online system where all the other cases are? Okay. Well, wait a minute, Bruce. I have a question for you. Yeah. When you went to file this situation, did they not give you a case number right then and there? Yeah, I have a case number to look it up under, but it's not in the system. Oh, so long as you have a case number, it's something. Is it is it a closed case? Do you know if it's closed? If they closed no it for some tell. reason? I have no way to check it. It's, 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 oh, well, when you filed it, did they say anything to you when you filed it? That it's no, they said be... I would have to pay, but they would go ahead and take it and file it. And usually, what happens, like in federal court, uh, they'll take the filing and then they'll bill you. You know, and then they'll if you don't, they'll give you thirty days or something in order to. Um, you know, you know how it is in federal court. They give you 30 days to pay up or they'll just close the case on you. And I was going to use some of the arguments I saw online, I think, in this group, you know, to file back into it. I was waiting for, like, a Lynch-like claim. They, they First they call Lynch pro se, so he files an argument in there or a correction in there saying, you know, he, he's a man, not not a pro se. You know, he does several filings that correct their, their assumptions they make in their online documents in the federal arena. I expected for them to do the same thing, put it in as a, Complaint, put it in as pro se, blah, blah, blah. But Can I ask you something? No, no, Can don't I ask put it in as pro se. That's representing the person. No, no, I'm Wait saying a second. I expected them to do that. I didn't do that. I was very clear that this was to be filed as a man against, uh, what does Carl call that guy? It was uh, the term he uses, uh, wrongdoer. He said this is a man against wrongdoer. This is not a complaint. This is a claim. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I went through that okay. with the gal three or four times. And she said, well, okay, we'll file it. You know, you owe a certain amount of money, whatever. She didn't say it was, you'll owe a filing. And um, and she left it at that. You know, she filed it. I got my stamp copies. I have a stamp that, it, you know, that it's got a case number on it. Uh, the girl wrote it on, and I had like four copies. She wrote it on each of them in her handwriting and stamped it as accepted. But I just can't do anything in the system, so I don't know what they're doing to it. If they're putting well, I have a question, Bruce. Se, I have a question, Bruce. Yeah. Let me ask a question. Did you pay the filing fee when you went there? No. no. Okay. Well, that answers the question right off the bat for me. First of all, when I went down here to this county, it they gave me a list of all the filing fees for what, you know, all they do. And I asked questions about declaratory judgment. They said, no, you'd have to pay the top price. So I would bet for a... a um, Penny, that the reason why didn't you pay the filing fee when you filed it? Well, I don't have four hundred dollars, Tony. That's why. <laughs> oh, well, 
I bet and if I was, you asked I was, was going to use the argument I found in the uh, on the blog one day. Once they put the case in there and they done me for it, I was going to put that argument in there for the judge to review and see if it see if it flew. And hopefully, I could find four hundred dollars on the street walking one day and pay it. You know, oh. time, you know. I, I'm thinking for some reason they didn't put it online because you didn't pay that that fee. Well, just let you know now, I haven't ever paid my fee for my counterclaim in my regular statute case, and it's always on there showing what I owe. So I suspect it would be treated the same way. Federal case does that. You know that? It's like when Carl didn't pay, they dunned him for it. And Carl gave in and paid, which I was disappointed in because he always claims on his calls, you know, you can you can get by without paying in a claim. But you know, well, did you make a pauper claim? Did you say I have no money? Oh, that's oh, it. Oh, you have to do no, it. I didn't. Oh, no. Oh. You well, why did you? Don't, no, you don't even have to make a pauper claim. You can no. say, you can say, uh, um, well, aren't these public courts? Aren't you paid by the public? Don't my taxes pay for this? Why do I have to pay again? That's exactly what I said, Mark. We talked about it a couple nights before, and that's exactly what I told the gal. So she took it and said, I'll file it. But, you know, the issue of payment will still may come up, or she said something like that, but I, I used that exact argument. You know, I'm not filing this into the statute courts. I'm filing this into the paid-for-by-the-people, uh, you know, court of, court of the, common uh, law for the record, you know. Right. The public court that, that the public pays for. You know, she gave up rather than arguing with me. She said, okay, we'll file it. But, I, you know, I can't find it to see what they've done with it, because I'm sure it's going to take some corrective filings to get them back on course, you know, like Carl had to do, so. Yeah, well, go down there and, and simply ask. Well, and let them know that the uh, other party's been served. If you haven't filed the paperwork in the court showing that the service has been made, then have that with you. Well, and, Bruce, um, let me ask you something. How many days and, and, has this party been served? Oh, it's been 30 days. Okay, so they haven't responded to it. No, they don't plan to. They won the, They won the case. Uh, the next week, so they they're not going to touch that claim with a ten foot pole, you know. Okay, well then, if you file the claim against them, and there's been no re- this is a separate case, and there's been no response, it's a default. So the, obviously they're not very nervous about a default because the claim, the lawsuit has not been showing up on public record because you haven't paid it. Correct. If if that's the reason. There you why. go. Yeah, if that's the reason. Okay. So they're not concerned. Correct. There you go. Well, they never so that better. answers but, everything for you. Know, you know, they never do anything I file, Tony. You know, they, they always they always do some browbeating patriot comment. You know, and roll their eyes, and the judge rolls back and forth. You know how that goes. They do that with everything I file. I don't recognize this judge. I don't recognize what he's doing. Just like you tell us, say, I don't recognize this legalese. They always say, I don't recognize this gibberish that uh, Mr. Thornberry is filing. They, they've done that for. Seven years, exactly. I file stuff, you know, a lot of lot of weird stuff in there, as you may know, and they always use that same argument. I don't recognize this gibberish. This is not, you know, whatever the term is. Right. In administrative courts, they can do that. It's their person. It's their court. It's their case. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You're you're at their mercy on their case. And they that's have. why you got to file. That's why you got to file your own claim. Okay. Well, just, just I would um, I would not accept a default judgment if that's where it ends up. I would say no. You have the sheriff go drag him in here. That man needs to come in the court and face me. 
Yeah, that's right. You talked about that before. Yeah, rather than just follow default and then have nowhere to go with it, have him, uh, have him, you know, have have him drag him in here. File something into the court that the court gives to the sheriff. And uh, yeah, yeah, have him issue, have him issue a writ to the sheriff to go fetch his body and drag it in. Well, I'll find out where it's at first and what's going on, and then uh, I'm also filing tomorrow. Hopefully, if I'm not throwing up my guts here because of the flu, I'm gonna I'm gonna file. Um, the Liz Pendens, a la Eddie style. I'm going to take it down to um, the federal court. I'm going to file the Liz Pendens in there as, a, as another uh, you know, another filing after the affidavit. I'm going to get a certified copy of both the affidavit and the Liz Pendens. My goal is to take it down to the county recorder and you know file them in there. File the Liz Pendens uh, with a. I want to file a cover page, basically a notice of Liz Pendens. And then put that Liz Pendens uh, certified copy and a certified copy of the affidavit in there on the public record, and then I want to get a certified copy of that and file it into the lower court case and see if that right. does all before I, I have to file a notice of appeal next week before that thirty days runs out. So, so that's that's what my aim is. I, I went through the uh, gathering of the tribes uh, first two videos again today, and you know it's amazing. It, it's been probably months. October since I looked through that gathering and you see stuff that you forget about because I was so right. intent, I was so intent on going through all eight of them you know I I, I just didn't make good enough notes and uh, uh, there was a lot of stuff in those first two that I had uh, I didn't remember seeing so I kind of I kind of styled my uh, my nose of list pendants after what I could conjure up Eddie was uh, Eddie was trying to say on there and because uh, he's never been uh, any direct contact with me you know as Tony knows so right. Now, did you have any luck getting hold of the gal that was on the call uh, last month? I did. I got a hold of her between Christmas and New Year's. She kind of wavered on, uh, you know, coming on tonight. I mentioned to her a couple times, uh, once live and once by email. And uh, But she has not responded for about a week, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, usually she'll respond to me within hours. Um, she's the one that's kind of working with me on the, um, like, like, Tony has done filing the um, authentication at the state's birth date. My authentication yeah. up at the SOS now, waiting for it to come back, and he's sort of, you know, working with me on that. Although I'm not sure. You know, my 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 hangup is I emailed my birth date because I couldn't find any probate anymore, and somebody was very kind emailed back over the weekend said I used to work in the probate section here. Please let me know if you have any questions. I'll see if I can answer it. My question was basically, what judge or, or layperson is in charge of probate court? You know, and there was no, she said, uh, probate court in, uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, has been filed into the circuit court, been melded into the circuit court. And you can see online there's six judges that do probate stuff, but there's no chief judge. doesn't list any chief judge, although there may be one designated. And so I didn't know what to ask to try to figure out the probate person to send it to, you know, and, I'm kind of at a loss what to ask this gal. She's willing to respond to my email, but, you know, I'm up I'm up for grabs for anything there to, to find ask out. Her, ask her if she knows who the judge that oversees the probate division of the court is. Well, I did. That was my that was my question, and she responded back to say there is no probate division. Probate's been melded into circuit court, and that was her answer. Okay. So, so who's in charge of the circuit court? Well... Yeah, just, I should have a V8 when I hear that, shouldn't I? <laughs> I get 
I get so tired and, and focused, laser focused, I, I'm not far enough away from it to um, to see the obvious, you know. Yeah. Well, it's been melted into another division of the court and ask, well, who's it, who has the fact division? Yeah, just just who is a who's the top dog over probate, basically, is what I want to know, so she can throw that out. So. Yeah. Well, it's, and if it's been put in the circuit court, then okay, so who's in charge of the circuit court? I'll go to him or her. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've got I've got her email here. I haven't responded to for three days. I'll just send it out tonight. I'm sure she'll be kind enough to reply tomorrow. We'll find out what what they say. Yeah. Can her? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Tony can interject as well. It, my under my understanding was, uh, you know, a Liz Pendens is a notice of a suit. So I was going to file the Liz Pendens into the federal case, get a certified copy, and go down and file it into the court records, I mean, into the public record, so I have it in two places in the public. Um, is there, and then I was going to put a cover letter on it, file it into the court with all the attachments, all the UCCs, all that stuff. You know, um, do you have any, uh, any sense, is that the right thing to do, to file that notice in there that way? Tony? No, do I? No. I, yeah, I think only what Eddie, say, what it, what ever Eddie said. Well, I, I sort of tried to read between the lines. Um, I don't know. Do you mind, Mark, if I read like two or three paragraphs here? It's not very long. What I've prepared. No, no. Cover. This okay, isn't I, my call. This is our call. It's, you know, go ahead. Well, I just, I don't want, I hate people just come on and read forever. This is like two half pages on double spacing. So, I, based on what I saw again on the tribe deal, I call this a mandatory judicial notice filing specially in limited capacity as general executor for the estate in reversion, also call us a notice of list pendants, and violation of the United States as secure party creditor and commission of acts of treason against the United States. That's my three titles. And then I put, comes now me appearing specially as third party intervener of interest and this court of record proceeding to the courts of common law hereby notices the court of this mandatory judicial oh, notice. Third, third party intervener is filing specially in limited capacity as general executor for the estate in reversion under Rule 17, and Eddie specifically mentioned that. And then I've got three more paragraphs. This court and all plaintiff parties are hereby noticed of my, I put my federal case number, filed into United States District Court, blah, 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 Tampa, and the Liz Pendens, instrument number such and such, I'll fill it in tomorrow, filed in the public record in Hillsborough County, and I have a UCC-1 financing statement against the House. Now, I'm going to put that in there, too. And then I got, so I've got the UCC uh, number from the state of Florida on there. The next paragraph says, the final judgment of foreclosure granted December 15, 2014, is a violation of the rights of the United States as a secured party creditor in this matter. This court and plaintiff attorneys and plaintiffs may be committing acts of treason against the United States. I put may because I didn't want to make any assertions there. After receipt of this notice of list pendants, any further actions ordered by this court that in any way carry out the mandates of the final judgment of foreclosure or moves against said property, which is the object of the enclosed public uh, list pendants, instrument number such and such, demonstrates willful and intentional intent. He, he, he mentioned that was very important to give them notice of that, to act against the property of the United States. Any further actions or orders of plaintiff parties may be considered acts of treason. And then I just put conclusion to void the foreclosure. And I was going to put that on top of my, you know, my, uh, my Liz pendants to file it into the case. 
Okay, I don't have any suggestions. Okay. And most of the key words are taken out of what Eddie again. What I what I, I stopped it today rather than running through it quickly like I did the first time. I stopped it and just got his words, you know, directly like uh, notice of uh, willful and intentional intent. He said in the FBI, that's the question they'll ask you when you walk in there and and claim they're defrauding you. He said, uh, you know, have they are they doing this with willful intent? And he said, if they haven't been noticed of something they're doing, and you're telling them that it's willful and intentional, and they haven't been noticed of that, then you can't you can't claim they did it unless you've noticed them once and they ignore it. So that's where that right. is. So that's what I was going to do tomorrow. Still not sure that I'm, uh, well, I'm not comfortable with what, you know, Eddie's doing completely. Most of the stuff he's doing before the case is final, like in my case. But, you know, I figured I would give the judge a cursory copy of this and maybe hope one of his uh, underlings reads it or something before they throw it at the, you know, at the clerk of court. Yeah. So, I hope thanks. it works for you. Yeah, thanks for listening. I'll let you know if anything happens. All right. All right, anybody else have anything they want to cover? Uh, I think I'm good. Got a, got a comment on chat. Hey, West Iowa, would you like to speak about the Baby Act? Not hearing any chattering. I've never heard of it. Right above that says West Iowa is hung up. Right above that. Oh yes, it does. West Iowa hung up. <clears throat> so I guess that ain't gonna happen. All right. Anybody else got anything they want to cover? If not, we're gonna end the call. Okay, guys. All right. Um, we'll do the next call in two weeks on the 21st. Excellent. Excellent. And Thanks for listening. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll have some results to report. Mm. We'll see. That's All true. Right. All right, guys. Happy New Year to everybody. You all take care. Thank you, Mark. And have a good one, guys. Yep, you too. All right. Bless you. We'll see you. All right.